Again, the title of the message is called Experience Required. Look at your neighbor and say, I need experience. Look at your other neighbor and say, I need experience. I, I, I believe that, that, that we need good experiences and we need bad experiences. Anybody have had good experiences? All right, about 50% of y'all. So, so now when I ask the next question, every hand is going, well, who's had some bad experiences? All right, we've all have had some bad experience. We all have experienced, you know, the enemy throwing curveballs at us and whatnot, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. We know that's just called life. Sometimes it ain't even the devil. Come on, son. That he's going uh, to and fro in the earth. He's not omnipresent, you know. So, so a lot of times it's just life throws curveballs at us. But really when it's all said and done, we should always thank God for the bad experiences and we thank him for the good experiences because I believe sometimes even the bad experiences set us up for promotion. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? The Bible never exempts us from going through uh, tribulation. Matter of fact, the Word of God is very specific. It says that in this world we will have tribulations. And then we just read Romans 5, 3, where it says glory in tribulation. See, we have to learn how to glory in it because you're th thanking God for the experience that you're going to get out of it. Why? Because it's only experiences that help devil-proof us. Because if you ever want to be devil-proof, amen, you got to be willing to go through a thing or two in this life, amen? And so, first thing first, let, let, me, let me drop this on you real quick. Uh, uh, uh. Experience require, uh, this is what you have to do though, while you're going through your experience, you have to behave wisely. Let's go to 1 Samuel real quick, uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, Let, let's pick up in verse 5 real quick. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18 uh, verse 5, uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 5, it says, so David went out. Uh, wherever Saul sent him. Now remember, Saul was king at this time. Now you got to remember the chapter previous, David just gets done beating Goliath. Amen. Of course, again, Saul's king. So it says, so now David went wherever Saul sent him, and he behaved wisely. Somebody say he behaved wisely. Uh, uh huh. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now drop down to verse 7. It says, so the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousand and David ten thousand. Then Saul was very angry, uh, saying the same displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed only a thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? See, we think hating started today or back 20, 50 years ago. No, hating has been going on since time. That's why the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. So you got the ladies, they saying, oh my God, David slay his 10,000 and saw his 1,000, he falling out. 
because he's not getting the same accolades as David. So now here it is, David, the armor bearer now, the servant, if you will. Now he's got a little bit of leverage. And then it even says, look at this, it says, and then Saul was uh, very angry of this saying. It displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed him 10,000. And then they've only ascribed me only 1,000. Then he says in verse 9, so Saul, I, David, from that day forward. And then look at this, verse 11. I'm sorry, uh, 12, it says, uh, no, 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 11. And then Saul cast a spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. So now he's trying to kill the brother. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. Now drop down to 14. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved wisely, he was afraid of him. Now look at verse 30. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was wherever they went out, David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says he behaved wisely in verse 5? He behaved wisely in verse 14, he behaved wisely in verse 15, and he behaved wisely in verse 30. Because how many know your behavior can get you promoted? Your behavior can get you elevated. That's why the enemy will love for you to act out of character. But the key to get promoted, the key to experience unusual favor is all predicated upon your behavior because your favor tells us where your maturity level is. Amen? So at the end of the day, it's all about your behavior. Your, again, your behavior can get you promoted. So we see here over time, he is getting promoted. Matter of fact, put up verse 30 again. 1 Samuel 18, 30. It says, then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all. Somebody say all of the servants of Saul. So there was others that worked alongside of them, but their behavior wasn't quite where David's behavior was. Then it says, and so that his name became highly esteemed. So even his name began to become great in the earth because of his behavior. Why? Because they couldn't believe after he had just got done beating Goliath, you got the king at the time, Saul, throwing a spear at him and him not going and getting the spear and throwing it back at Saul. Because if that was me and you, can I get a witness up in it? If that if that's spirit, you would have missed, missed you, you would have went and got that thing. Can I get a witness? You would have been like, where are he at? <laughs> you just would have messed up your whole promotion. <laughs> Because you would have acted out of your flesh. Can I get a witness up here? And that's why I'm preaching this text. Because we don't want to act out of our flesh. Amen. Because there are people that have thrown spears at you. Come on. They've thrown words at you. Come on. But thank God that you had enough God in you to not even respond to them. you like, I'm not even going to give them the honor to even call them. Because that's what they want me to do. They want me to pick up the phone. They want me to text them. They want me to go on Instagram. They want me to go on Facebook. But you know what? I'm not going to let the devil and I'm not going to let you get a reaction out of me. I'm not going to let you stop me from being promoted in God's kingdom. Because at the end of the day, I'm delivered.
from people, amen, and I ain't gonna even start what you trying to do in my life, because I see it for what it is. So guess what? I'm gonna behave wisely. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that you made up in your mind that when it's all said and done, that in spite of what people might say or do, you gonna behave wisely. Look at your neighbor and say, how's your behavior? Boy, some of y'all, some of y'all wasn't shouting with me. Some of y'all just looking stoic. Pastor, I ain't there yet. That's why I'm here today. I'm trying to stimulate you spiritually. I'm trying to get you to a place to where you're going to tighten up that behavior so that when people say things or do things, you'll be like, I ain't even studying you. You ain't about to mess up my promotion. I ain't about to have a human moment behind you. What? Who was you? Who anointed you God anyway? God then anointed me and appointed me and approved me. See, when you begin to know who you are, you don't even respond to your critics. Somebody scream, no response. No response. You ain't even going uh, because I know who I am. I'm anointed of God. I'm not responding because if I respond to you, that means I'm coming to your level. That literally means that you are what you're, I'm, I'm letting you know what you said bother me. Amen, woman of God. She said, I refuse. Because at the end of the day, I didn't live too long to allow what somebody got to say about me. Then if it does bother you, maybe it's true. Or, or, or maybe you need to tighten up that level of insecurity in your life to where you want to respond to everybody that's got something negative to say about you. I can remember when people in my 20s, when somebody says something about me, I was, they would, we weren't texting back then. You went to their house. Can I get a witness? You waited for him in the parking lot. Can I? Oh, y'all. Yeah. What no Facebook? What no Instagram? What no tweeting? Come on, somebody. You just show up. What's up? What's good? <laughs> but when you grow up a little while, you're like, you know what? Mm -mm, you ain't even worth my time. Who is you anyway? Amen. Put up, put up, put up uh, Psalm 119, verse 67. Because again, we're not exempt from going through certain experiences. But it's all about your behavior in the experience. Look at this. It says, before, he said, I was afflicted. He said, I went astray. In other words, when any time I got afflicted, I didn't want to face the trial, I would go AWOL. I'd be MIA, missing in action. This is what David is saying. He said, before I was afflicted, he said, I went astray. All of us have been there where we've got an afflicted, and we, ch ch church attendance went south back in the day. Because affliction hit the house, you're like, oh, we ain't going to church. And that's the place you should have ran to. I remember me and my wife, when we were in our 20s, the whole week would go good. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning, the enemy would just come in, I couldn't find a shoe, or she couldn't find this, and then we'd be like, well, I can't find this, and like, I'm just going to stay home and watch ESPN. Then we wind up arguing the whole day. Can I get a witness? And so, and if we got an argument on Saturday, we wasn't going to church on Sunday. Like, what, church? Please. That's how immature we were. That's where our behavior was then. We went to church based off of happiness. And happiness is what's happening. And that comes and goes. That's why we need the joy of the Lord. 
that is our what? Strength. Because I don't live my life based on what's happening. Amen? Because there are things that, 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 that are happening that aren't the greatest at times, but I'm still persevering. I'm still going to press my way to the house of God. Amen? Because the Bible says faith cometh by what? Hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. And once I became the church, the worst thing the enemy allowed me to become was to realize that I wasn't just going to church, but I am the church. And when I began to realize that I was the church, whoa, you talking about giving the devil a black eye and an upset stomach. That's what I've been doing now for 21 years. So the worst thing he ever did was let me find out who I really was in God. So look at this again. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. He says, but now. Somebody say, but now. Uh-huh, but now I keep your word. Now, when I find myself between the rock and the hard place, I got to go to scripture. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, amen, you ain't even, you, you, you've got to a place where you're no longer going astray, but you got your go-to scripture. You will tell the devil, I'm going to church because Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. My Bible tells me that if God be for me, who can be against me? Now I keep your word. I've armed myself with your Bible. Now I'm armed and dangerous. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that you've gotten to a place that now you're spiritually armed and dangerous? Somebody give God a hand praise in this place. Our days of going astray are behind us. Do I have any persuaded people at the 930 service? Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing will separate me from the love of God. Somebody give God a hand, please. One more time. Slap somebody say, stay persuaded. Stay persuaded. Stay persuaded. Going, going, going astray ain't even all on our radar, I'd experienced too much of the goodness of God to even think about going AWOL. I've experienced too much of God's goodness to be MIA. Missing in that. Do I have anybody? He's been too good. Somebody scream, he's been too good. Now give God a hand praise in this place. Somebody scream again, he's been too good. He's been too good. Laying down and dying is not even on my radar. He's been too good. Throwing the towel in on God is, is, is ludicrous because he's been too, too good. Now, 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 put up verse 71, 119, 71. It is good for me. Somebody say for me that I've been afflicted. It's good that I've been afflicted. It's good that I done been through some trials and some tribulations. Because now when you came out, you start appreciating God. A lot of times when we was in it, we wasn't appreciating them. But when we came out of it, you was like, whoa, God, you good. Boy, you brought me out of that. That wasn't even the devil try. I put myself. Can anybody own the fact that you put yourself through some stuff and he loves you so much that he still brought you out? Anybody ever did some self-destructive stuff and he still preserved you? He still preferred you? He still kept you? You didn't allow the affliction to kill you and take you out because what don't kill 
he will make you. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, it made me. Come on, all the hell you went through, it made you. All the trauma you went through, it made you. Somebody scream, it made me. Somebody give God a praise. It is good that I've been afflicted. It's good that I've been through some pain. Because a lot of times your gain is connected to your pain. Somebody give God a praise. It is good that I've been afflicted. It made me trust you more. It's good that I was afflicted. It made me pray more. It was good that I was afflicted. It made me chase after you more. Woo. My God in heaven. It's good. Somebody scream, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Affliction has made me who I am today. People ask me all the time, where does the most of the anointing come from? Pain. <laughs> it's painful that sometimes we can't do certain things. Oh, y'all. Hey, can I get a witness up in here? It's painful that sometimes you can't go choke somebody out that you want to choke. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It's painful. I can't elbow you in your teeth. Because I got to watch my behavior. Anybody been there before? You got to work and was like, I'm about to go ham on them, right? I'm about And then the Holy Ghost hits you. Don't you do that. All of a sudden, he said, I'm going to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Remember, Pastor said, be delivered from people. You walk, you, you walk right up. I can't even go do it. I got to watch my behavior. I'm, I can't let them mess up my promotion because they crazy. Matter of fact, go prophesy over their office and start declaring that it's yours. Just hating on you because they see your potential. <laughs> But he said, it is good that I've been afflicted. Mm -hmm. So number one, while you're in the middle of your experience, remember he said glory. Somebody say glory. In tribulation, that's Romans 5, 3. said glory in it, which glory in the Greek means to boast and brag in the tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patient experience. Somebody say experience. Look at somebody one more time and say, you need the experience. Mm-hmm. But while you're going through your experience, don't lose hope. That's what the text said. Look at that. It says, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. Hope is a good word. You look at the word hope in the Greek, it means to, to anticipate and to expect. So when somebody says, boy, I'm hoping things turn around, that's actually accurate. You're saying, when you say, I hope, you're saying, I'm anticipating. I'm expecting. Because a lot of times, it's hope that undergirds faith. We need hope and faith. You keep walking in hope and faith, you will get promoted. You will get elevated. You got some hope, some faith, and you got some decent behavior. Shoot, God will elevate you based on your behavior. We see here in verse 4. I'm sorry, five, he's behaving wisely. Fourteen, he's behaving wisely. 
15, he's behaving wisely. And then verse 30, he's behaving wisely. Look at somebody say, keep behaving wisely. Uh-huh. Number two, you got to stay confident. While you are in your experience slash dilemma, stay confident. Just because you're going through a season of confusion doesn't mean you lose your confidence. Just because you hit a wall with your finances doesn't mean you, 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 you lose your confidence. Just because things are haywire in your family right now doesn't mean that you lose your confidence. You got to maintain a level of confidence so you can be promoted, so you can experience that unusual favor in your life. Go to Hebrews 10.35 real quick. Hebrews chapter 10. It says, cast not away, therefore your confidence. Somebody say confidence. Uh-huh, which has great, somebody say great, recompense of reward. Pastor Still, are you telling me that my reward is connected to my confidence? That's exactly what the text is saying. Pastor, are you telling me my reward is connected to my behavior? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's why ultimately God elevates uh, 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 David, not based on education, but based on his experience. Uh-huh, somebody say experience. Mm-hmm, because in the middle of his experience, he behaved wisely. He stayed confident. He didn't do uh, what most of us would have done, go get the spear, come on somebody, and break that thing off into somebody. You better hear what I'm saying on today. Come on, that's what the flesh says. Oh, but our spirit says, you know what, I'm going to just duck and dodge what they stand. You know, somebody on Instagram about four years ago um, said, if you go to kingdom, they said, keep your kids away from Pastor Still, he's a pedophile. Now, call me a former weed head. Let's get it right, let's be accurate. If you, adultery, fornication, lying, drinking, smoking, but, but, but in my book, pedophile should be castrated. Oh, Y'all ain't get ready for me today, y'all are. So, in my flesh, I wanted to respond to this person that was saying that. But I knew that I could not, I had to just duck and dodge that spear. That was a spear. To call you a pedophile? Come on, somebody. That's, the, that's like the lowest thing you can call somebody on the earth. And then for me to, I had to tell Pastor Steele to tell Reggie to not respond. <laughs> Oh uh, y'all, if y'all ever had that, that argument before, you know, we all got two people in us. Because the Reggie was like, I'm about to, let's see if he'll meet up with me. Let me, let me DM him. Direct message. Y'all know I'm a little savvy now. I didn't turn the corner on social media. I can respond now. Back in the day, it was my assistant, but now I can respond. So that's even, that's, you see, that's why I didn't want to even know how that stuff worked. Because it's right at the tip of your fingers. Right at the tip of your fingers. But I just had to just duck and dodge. There's some things that people are going to say about you. You better just duck and dodge. 
behave wisely, stay confident, and remember this, you can never get promoted until somebody lies on you. Joseph, he raised me. Come on, somebody. He then ran out the house, butt naked. Come on. She got the stuff in her hand talking about, he tried to rape me. Where was the jurors at back then? How you got his clothes? Come on, y'all. I wasn't born at, at, at night, but I wasn't born last night. Come on, let's, let, come on, let's put the evidence together. You holding his stuff. You holding his drawers. I mean, you holding his uh, robe. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me tonight, <laughs> But I brought that all up to say, but look how Joseph kept behaving. And then look how God elevated him. Look at how they put him in jail, but he was still confident. Look at how they put him in jail, and he still behaved wisely. How, look how they put him in jail. See, nothing, you got to know your pit is just a pit stop for where God is trying to take you. Amen? But in your pit, in your experience, behave wisely. Stay confident. Put up Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6. Uh, uh, being confident. There it is. Being confident. Of this very thing, somebody say this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, anybody in this building know he's begun a good work in you. Then it says he will complete it. You got to know, you already got to see yourself as a complete work already. He said he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. But he was telling, Paul was telling the church of Philippi, be confident. That a, a work that God has, has begun in you, he's going to continue that thing. That's how I came today to listen. You be confident in what God has started in you. He will complete. But the key, behave wisely. Stay confident. Don't cast away your confidence for it brings great recompense of reward. You are about to be rewarded. Stay confident. Look at somebody and say, stay confident. Stay confident. Stay confident. People are going to lie on you, but stay confident. People are going to say things about you, but stay confident. Uh-huh. People are going to uh, uh, not, not totally feel you. But who anointed them God anyway? So number one, experience is required. So in your experience, stay confident. Behave wisely. And the last thing is this. Don't act out of character. Kingdom, don't act out of character. David never acts out of character. He behaves wisely. He stays confident. He does not act out of character. Even, even look at this real quick. Speaking of 1 Samuel, go to, go to 1 Samuel. Uh, 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 let's go to 1 Samuel 24 real quick. Look at this, 24 and uh, uh, 6. Uh, 5, 5. Look at this, 1 Samuel, look at this. It says, now it happened afterwards that David's heart was heart, uh, troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. Remember, he cut his robe while he was asleep. Next verse. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. He respected his position. He respected the anointing on Saul's life, even though the anointing had left him. 
Then it says, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is an anointed, he is the anointed of the Lord. And he let him know, Saul, I cut off a piece of your robe. I could have I did you in like you've been trying to do me. But he made a decision to not reciprocate. Woo! That's the hardest test to pass. It's to not reciprocate. Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody been wronged and you wanted to reciprocate and you felt justified? You was about to call everybody. Let's go get them. Yes. <laughs> well, a lot of y'all laugh because y'all like, Pastor, that was me. Had a situation some years ago. It was going down. Oh, but I'm glad the Holy Ghost got, uh, got me. And I said, you know what, Lord? You are Romans 12, 19, God. Put up Romans 12, 19. Look what it says. Look what it says. It, it says, look at this. Uh, it says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written. Somebody say, it is written. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Somebody say, says the Lord. In other words, God is saying, leave me some room. I'm going to do a way better job than you ever could. He's saying, because by the time you get done with them, and you're going to feel good at first, but by the time you go to bed because of the Christ in you, you're going to start feeling bad. You ain't going to even be able to sleep at night because God, your God conscience is going to bother you how you did that to them. So he said, listen, just step out the way and let me get them. Can he get them? That's what the text said. He said, I'm going to go get them based on what they did to you because you got to remember you are God's anointed. My Bible tells me in Psalm 105 verse 15, it says, touch not my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. There it is right there. Do not touch my anointed ones. Then it says, and, and, and do not my prophets no harm. You got to know you are God's anointed one. Anointing meaning you are the manifest presence of God in the earth. Because God's glory is revealed through us. That's why people need to watch what they say about you. Because me and you are kingdom citizens. We're not just American citizens. But I got any kingdom citizens in the house today that knows you were fearfully and wonderfully made, created in God's image and his likeness? People better watch what they say about you. God will get them. Shoot, you can get on your knees and say, Lord, get them. That's the Bible. Go to 2 uh, Timothy 4 and 14. Watch this. It says, Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much harm. This is Apostle Paul. He was preaching blaspheme and all this and that. So he, so, so, so he was teaching contrary to what Paul, Paul was teaching, of course, uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified and his resurrection. You got Alexander the coppersmith, he's a blasphemer, and so he says he has he is, he is done much harm. Then it says, Paul says, may the Lord repay him according to his works. In other words, Paul was saying, sick him, God. He even was saying, nothing less, nothing more. Just repay him according to his works. That's how you need to pray. People that do you wrong, Lord, repay them according to their works. Nothing less, nothing more. Lord, just give them what's coming to them. Y'all probably like, Pastor, that's kind of harsh. I'm just giving y'all the Bible. 
I don't know a whole lot about life, but I know how to articulate this Bible. And you can't ever walk out of here talking about, oh, I can't believe pastor said that. You, you better be like, I can't believe the word said that. Because my opinion is the word. And his word said, he'll repay them. According to their works. All you got to do is behave wisely. All you got to do is stay confident. All you got to do is make up in your mind, I'm not going to act out of character. Uh-huh. There it is. Don't act out of character. Uh-huh. Let me drop this on you too. Don't ever excuse yourself from your experience. I know so many people that have excused themselves from their experience. In other words, they excused themselves from their trial because they were like, this is too tough. I just can't do it. And you are absolutely right. You can't do it. But Philippians 4.13 says you can do all things through, somebody say through, Christ who strengthens you. And if you get to a place to where you know that in your experience, in the middle of your trial, that God has given you the strength to not only get through it, but to come out of it, he will promote you. He will elevate you. Because the same God that elevated David will elevate you. The same God that elevated Daniel will elevate you. The same God that elevated Joseph will elevate you. The same God that elevated Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he will elevate you. The same God that elevated Paul, he will elevate you. I believe there's somebody in this 930 service that's up for elevation. But it's all predicated upon your behavior. It's all predicated upon you. Staying confident is predicated upon you. Make it up in your mind that in spite of how people might do me, I'm not going to act out of character. Because vengeance is the Lord's. He said, I will repay. I'm telling you, God is faithful, people of God. Don't act out of character. Behave wisely. Stay confident. Don't act out of character. God is getting ready to do something so unusual in your life. I was at uh, Bishop Jackson's church with my wife from Tuesday to Saturday. We had such a great time gleaning from Bishop Jackson, some of the other different people that he used during the week. But one of the gentlemen that he had come up named uh, Pastor uh, 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 Henry Fernandez out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, um, talked about how they were looking at this 4,000-seat sanctuary and how they were believing God for the down payment for the $7.7 million, which they needed about 20% down. But a stranger came out of nowhere, took him to dinner, and said, how much do you need? He said, well, we need such and such for the down payment, but the whole building is $7.7 million. The next day, the guy wired the whole $7.7 million in his account. Somebody say, that's unusual. In other words, just behave wisely, stay confident, don't act out of character because God will do something uncommon in your life. He will do something unusual in your life. He will do something bizarre in your life. How he's going to do it is going to be bizarre. How he's going to do it is going to freak you out. Whatever you do, don't you excuse yourself from your experience. You know, I'm going to tell you how powerful experience is. I was working as a mental health tech, psychiatric tech for a lot of years before I became a pastor. And I'll never forget, I was working on children's unit. 
and I was working from 2.30 to midnight, and a sh uh, there was a shift that came available on downstairs from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., and my kids were getting older. They wanted to do coach pitch and, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of the different sports and whatnot, soccer, and I couldn't do it with, with, with me working a 2.30 to midnight shift. So when that came available, I went downstairs to get an application, and they said, but in order to work with the adults, Reggie, you're going to need a two-year degree minimum because already people are filling out applications that have two-year degrees, and they got four-year degrees because you're not going to be working with adult, adults now. You're not going to just be working with kids and they said, you really don't have the education that we're looking for. But one, the other lady said, just fill it out anyway. I filled that thing out. I was believing, I was confident that in spite of the other eight people who had degrees and whatnot, that for somehow, some way, they would get overlooked and that they would value me. And when it came down to the seven, eight of us, they said the reason why they hire me is because of my experience. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, your experience will take you a long way. Now, now it's interesting. You say, well, you never had any experience downstairs on the adult unit. But see, whenever chaos would jump off on the adult unit, they would have to call me from the children's unit to break up fights and put people in timeout rooms. I was snatching adults up. They taught you different techniques. You know, so we wouldn't elbow people in the teeth and, you know. So my point is that they said we love how the nurses felt protected when you would come down stairs. So they all said that we know all these other people got degrees, but we know if Reggie comes downstairs that we will be protected if somebody decide to act a fool. So my experience, somebody say experience. So sometimes your experience is your education. Just like I've never been to seminary, I've never been to theology school, but I've been to neology school. In other words, I know how to get on my knees and I will call down heaven on earth. For the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. Do I got any radical, violent people at the 930 service that knows your experience will take you the rest of the way? Your experience will get you promoted. Your experience will get you elevated. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Slap somebody say, I needed the experience. I needed. I needed the experience. Your experience will get you promoted. Let me pray for you. It's 11 o'clock already. Father, seal this word in our hearts today.